Good enough, good enough. English teams make a decent start to the Champions League group stage and we're here to tell you about it. It's Thursday the 22nd of October. You're listening to Football Ramble. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Tell you what, guys, I've actually sat in the not saying things first chair for Ramble On uh, the other day, mm. and it's it's bloody lovely. Or, uh, no, okay, right, don't you okay. think it's just so much? I can see why you just want to go rogue the whole time, PT. Because <laughs> it's just a lot. It's just a Smash life up the plans of joy. For the show, yeah, yeah. It's just like oh, well, there's no the money. Just, the problem is, there's no money to be made as a sidekick. I tried <laughs> going down that route. Lauren Laverne, Alex Zane, Paul Tonkinson. All of these people I was the, the, the sidekick for. Doesn't Bez have a mansion in all the air? <laughs> <laughs> he was in the Happy Mondays, though, wasn't he? Baldrick. He's the favourite. Oh, yeah, so but he was, he was the front. time team now. Yeah, he, was, he was the front man for time team, though. Yeah. So he graduated from being a sidekick. That was the Foo Fighters oh, to the works? original Black Adam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ah, that's why I'm making a mistake there. Hmm. Rowan Atkinson's Dave Grohl. Yes. <laughs> There's a crossover. Well, I'm sure he'll be delighted to hear you say that. Who is Pep Guardiola in the Pep Guardiola Sergio Concisour kind of duff up? Is that the, duff that's up. not the right word, is it? Well, look, I, a, that means something else entirely. I, I'm going to be out here saying that Sergio Concisour is the Kurt Cobain in this relationship. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Live fast, die young. <laughs> well, I just think in terms of. His leadership, really. I mean, people think Guardiola is a strong guy on the touchline. You meet a match when you come up with Sergio Concisau, mm. I think. And I did enjoy his little chat afterwards where he said, uh, what, did, what did he say? He said, um, I'll, I'll have to ask Guardiola for some uh, lessons on brainwashing the officials. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is a good line, isn't it? Wowzers. It's strong, certainly. Well, clearly, anyway, brainwashed, brainwashed the officials into that 3-1 win well, against Porto. Much as, much as, much as I enjoy Concerts on the touchline, we're not going to be seeing much more of it in this <laughs> oh, season's Champions League, no. are we? He's got Eric Trump's hair, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at this. It's just uh, goodness me. That's not something you necessarily want to be associated with. <laughs> That's what Guardiola should have said. Yeah, uh, you know, you've got Eric Trump's hair. Put dickhead. him in a better position. Yeah. <laughs> you should send him your best lines, feet. Yeah, see what I should he, feed him. Yeah, well, see look, what he makes of them. He's he's a database manager, so he's a database manager, not a database. <laughs> manager. Not, I'd like to confirm that he is not a uh, Microsoft Access or SQL uh, table. Uh, I'd like to make that very clear. He does I, dress like one. I would love it if more head coaches were like little Microsoft paperclips. Yes, it seems you are trying to change to a four-three-three in the second <laughs> half. Against Porto. You might want to look over your shoulder where you keep getting rinsed by the right winger. <laughs> I think there's legs on that. Mm. Yeah. Legs well, on a paperclip. Not I don't want to think about yeah, that. They didn't have any legs on the paperclip. No. No, no. It was, that was, all, just, that was the his whole dysfunction. face was his. The whole, it was just a face, wasn't mm. it? It was, it was iconography at best, wasn't it? Because you could easily yeah. make a paperclip into a full person, could you? But they mm. just... They, they, they no, they didn't. He should have bent... You know, he did bend himself out to make the, uh, an image of, of a piece of paper or a printer, didn't he, remember? Oh, yeah. He's, very, he's quite versatile on that. So Although yeah. the eyes on the paperclip look a little bit like the eyes that you put on the picture of Kate on the WhatsApp group <laughs> when, uh, oh, when West Ham were making a comeback uh, at Spurs. Yeah, I'm glad we all enjoyed that. Um, yes, so... This was a decent game, wasn't it? I thought Porto defended pretty well for the first quite a while, 60 yeah. minutes. Um, 
I was going to uh, early doors on my notes. I said let's wax lyrical about Porto's defence, shall we? But I guess we can't do that given the outcome of the game. Uh, well, you say that. I mean, Pep they switched were, it up, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it, uh, I thought they were better in the second half, Manchester City, after being taken by surprise, which has happened to them a few times in the group stages of the Champions League, hasn't it? In in those early home games, you think of them getting rolled by Lyon the season yeah. before last, for example. Uh, Champions but, League semi-finalist Lyon. Uh, yeah, that's right. To give them their full name. Thank you very much. Andy Brassel's Lyon. I don't think that is their full name. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I thought City were lucky in a sense that they got that penalty so soon after the opener. Mm. And that was actually the source of a lot of Concesau's rage because, of course, it shouldn't have got that far. There was the big stud print from Gundogan on the the ship. I I don't really understand how you can wind it back, look at that through VAR and then then go Mm. on and and, and give the penalty. So obviously he was quite enraged about that. But considering they got undone by that and the free kick by Gundogan, which they weren't that happy about either. As in that it was given or that it was That it was given. Yeah. That it was given. Because it was scored pretty much like centrally into the net, wasn't it? But of course, the goalkeeper was onside. It was one of the, it it was a bit of shades of Ronald Koeman in Rotterdam, wasn't it? Mm. You're going to the goalkeeper. (laughs) Over there! Over there! Over there! (laughs) And he put it exactly there, didn't he, Gundogan? Um, But I think if you look at Porto, from, from Porto's perspective, they've, they've gone there. They're a team slightly in transition. Obviously, way less money than Manchester City in the first place. Well less established in, in European football terms. Mm. They've got six Champions League debutants on the night. I, I think you're walking away from that thinking that's not that bad. No, we, we, can, we can still win the group. Uh, obviously, some people would look at that and say maybe that's one of the weaknesses of the Champions League. There's a bit of a, a difference between the, the haves and the have-nots. I mean, I think this group is particularly polarising for that. And Should we know, do a breakaway league, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> for the Champions League, Champions League. You have blown my mind, Pete. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but <I've, laughs> Call me JP Morgan. <laughs> I was saying it yesterday. We already do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that. But it's difficult for Manchester City because they, they, they did play well for that second half, as you said. But what can they actually prove in this group stage? Mm. Until they get to, it's a bit like Paris Saint-Germain, until you get to the quarterfinals yeah, or, fingers crossed for them, the semi-finals of the Champions League, you can't actually prove anything, <laughs> can Although, you? Oh, well, I guess they can prove that they got their head screwed back on the correct way after, I mean, the defending, like, lovely goal to open with, the Luis Diaz goal, Diaz. But um, the defending was crap. Charles Cancelo just sort of stood off him and looked a bit embarrassed when he went past. Yeah, it wasn't mm. it wasn't great, was it? Um, Diaz but, um, misplaced a pass, obviously, for uh, for Uribe. It was, it was an interesting little situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are we still calling him uh, Robert Diaz? Yes, yeah. I forgot about Robert Dyer. Is, is, is yeah, that yeah, the thing? Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, it'll aid his adaptation to the Premier League, I, 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 I think, if we anglicise him. You know, you know when like Marco Aurelio went to Turkey and they uh, rechristened him Mehmet Aurelio? Oh, or, nice. or Colin, Colin Kazim Richards was Kazim Kazim over there as well. I just love how versatile and, these names are. And Joey Barton was Joey Barton. Joey Barton. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Stephen Claren was. The <laughs> <laughs> <You> gaffer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, I think, what you, what you learn if you're Pep Guardiola. That you can, and that you've got much better subs than everyone else as well. And you've got much better subs than everyone yeah. else. That's what I was going to say as well. Because, um, of course, the, the third goal was 
combination of Phil Foden and Ferran Torres who came on together in the 68th minute and then produced well the, the finish was amazing but the move itself was mm. was brilliant uh, what five minutes later so that again, was lovely Pep changed it. again they, 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 they weren't on top uh, for a very very long time and Pep changed it up and won them the match I would say very a very tactical uh, performance I would say in the end mm. I really like the Porto goalkeeper as well Watch scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a big, it? it's a big thing if you think about it to come across and replace Ike Casillas, which is what what he had to do really. Um, so he made a huge contribution in them winning the league last season, and um, considering it's his, his first stint in European football at fairly sort of I don't, I don't know if you can say advanced stage. He's, he's, he's not a child, is, 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 is what yeah, I'm saying. Should, not I, a child. Most not, footballers aren't. Yeah. You shouldn't put children in the goal. I'll put them no. in our Maybe two, maybe two in a big, uh, Maybe two in a big long goalkeeper's kit. That might work. Oh, yes. what? Like in the Muppets movie where they go and visit Miss Piggy and they're all in a suit standing yes. on each other's heads. Are yeah. they rats? What are they? What are the creatures? Oh, well, just all the different All the different Muppets. Because uh, <laughs> Muppets, Muppets are not six foot tall. No. I mean, that, that would be... If you know one thing about Muppets. <laughs> absolutely a, effing a terrifying. goalkeeping Muppet. <laughs> a goalkeeping we... full, full six, six foot two uh, Gonzo in net. Lovely. <laughs> they've got one at Stamford Bridge, haven't hey. they? Hey. Hey. Uh, sorry, yeah, I feel like I cut you off. Much son. He's great. Yeah. He is. He's, he's very good. And what's Pepe's issue? Um, <laughs> I, I think dysfunction. Normally, you look at Pepe and you think, "Oh, this is this is this is good old Pepe, isn't it?" But I think what's particularly eating at him mm. at the moment is the fact that he's basically holding the Porto defence together. So it's like when he's in the middle of a good defence, as he was last season, it's like. Yeah, I can be the responsible one. That's fine. Uh-huh. But now it's you're the responsible one. Uh-uh. He's like, oh no! But <laughs> 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 do something nuts. I don't want to be responsible. But yeah, he has been holding it together the last couple of games because the guy who came in to replace Alex Telles, who of course is a huge loss for them and mm. had a really good first game for, for Manchester United in, in Paris, I thought. Um, uh, uh, Zaidu, who's come in for him, he, he made his debut at the weekend. Replaced, well, he, he played his first game replacing Alex Tellez at the w- weekend, I should say. And he, he had a nightmare. He was, he was lucky not to get sent off. So I think there is a sense of overcompensation in what Pepe's doing at the moment. Do you remember like when Mourinho played him as a defensive midfielder for Real Madrid? And all of a sudden, he didn't know where he was. He was an attack dog with a blindfold on. And you got. Well, exactly the results that you would expect, really. Sort of random attacks? Yeah. Or not, I guess, if you're an attack dog with a blindfold on, you could miss. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it depends on what they've been trained to attack, I guess. Yeah, I guess if it's on men, scent, it might not matter. Yeah, men with bits of carpet around their arm, fine. <laughs> Postman, less good. Yeah, it's difficult mm. to say. Um, and Aguero, of course, scored uh, the penalty in the middle of all of this. He... That's his 40th goal. He mm. looks like the, I don't know how much golf you guys watch, but he's a sort of Bryson DeChambeau of, of football, I feel like. He looked sort of tonked. Mm. You may as well be talking French. He looked tonked. He looked Basically, tonked. But Bryson DeChambeau is this golfer who went away, was injured for a bit, well, not injured, but came during the lockdown and came back like wow. three stone bigger. Cool. I'm not saying Aguero is three stone bigger, but he definitely looks as though he's been doing his shoulders. Mm. The Leon Goretzka workout program. Maybe. Yeah. I love the way that you've made a reference, by the way, that we don't get. <laughs> it's tremendous. Yes. Although golf is not exactly... Craig Mason has completed the football ramble. <laughs> but yeah, he does, doesn't he? He looks, he looks a bit 
Because well, the only time you see Aguero um, when he's injured uh, is when he's doing his little Twitch streams, uh, ringing up Leo Messi, and Leo Messi just really doesn't want to get involved. Oh. <laughs> um, he's so, why are you waking me up? It's really late here. Um, so yeah, it's 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 yeah. He's clearly been down them gyms or yeah. down his own gym. You go on a multi gym. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably more like that, isn't yeah. it? I imagine, or perhaps he's just I don't know, sorting through his uh, memorabilia. <laughs> yes, probably picking up his replica um, awards and medals. He probably had a bit of a tidy up with yeah. all his medals he's got. It's probably something very, very boring and domestic. Mm. Um, I've got kitchen bin arriving today, by the way, and I'm bloody excited Oh, I bought it. two recently, I've, I've, and they're both uh, electronics, so when you put your hand over them, they've got... Oh, shit, now I feel like I've... Can you get a bin symphony? <laughs> yeah, it's like Hungry Hungry Hippos. It's like, uh, it was uh, winning the Hungry Hungry Hippos uh, game. I can't remember now. Someone yesterday. Yeah, someone it? yesterday, yeah. It was a Manchester United player. Axel Twanzebe. Yes, yes, well it done. Was. It was him, yes. Wait, hang on, I don't get the link. I'm just saying that the, the, the bins kind of go up and down like two hungry, hungry hippos. Oh, right. As I feed them my filth. Now I'm concerned that I've chosen the wrong bloody bin. <laughs> that's, that's a nightmare. Mine oh, doesn't do anything electronic. Foot pedal? Uh, not even a foot pedal. I don't know. Get out. I don't know if it's got a foot pedal. What have, it's have got is it's a recycling drawer that you pull out underneath. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So nice. quite, I thought that was quite cool. That is quite cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get into the like domestic way of things. <laughs> what, having a bin? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It's breaking the mould. It's been a bin bag on the floor, guys. I just live in a skip. <laughs> <laughs> Normally and, I just throw it out the window. Yes. <laughs> Me and Oscar the Grouch. I just, yeah, walk oh, over my own. It's like Aguero when he's on one of his tri- Twitch streams, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just like throwing a burger wrapper, empty Coke can out the window. Mountain <laughs> Joe, Doritos. How dare you? I would never litter. <laughs> I keep it all in my little skanky flat. Mm. Um, all right then. So the other English team, because you're going to talk about all of the other joys and thrills and spills, aren't you, Andy Brassel, on, on the continent later today? That's the plan. The, mm. the thrills and the spills with Dot and Adebayo and Nicky Bandini today, Correct. I think. And you, are you the sort of the linchpin of that, provide, would you say? I'm the pepper, yes. The moral core. Oh, not the moral core. <laughs> <laughs> let's say the moral core. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's get on to, let's get into Amsterdam, which was, by the way, pissing it down. Uh, Ajax nil, Liverpool won the final score there. Sign of things to come with Fabinho at centre-back, we think. Fab. Inyo, as I saw that the BBC Football Daily podcast called him. Oh, wow. did they? Mm. Clever. Yeah, <laughs> capitalised <laughs> fab, if that nice. wasn't clear from my... Right. That surely goes against every BBC style guide going. Outrageous. No, I think they're just trying Getting to Getting more tablo- tabloid by the minute. Outrageous. Oh, oh no, right but, in. But what a salve to Liverpool's wounds, defensive wounds that was, that performance. <laughs> Clearing off the line! A salve! <laughs> to the mill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Tagliafico's sort of, oh, I feel sorry for him. It was a big, it's as big an own goal as you can get, but we can make praise for Sadio Mane and we can make other. We can make praise for Sadio Mane's shot that was going nowhere near the goal but until Tagliafico tripped over it. You know what? Like, I've, I've a lot of time for both Ajax and Liverpool and I love watching them both. However... The last thing I want to see on the opening week of the Champions League is a goal that you would see in your five-a-side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a goal that if one of your mates cuffed it into the back of his own neck... You'd be embarrassed. You would... You would Give him stick. Rip the piss out. What were your feeling, what feelings about Martial's goal? Martial's own goal. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. The look of disgust on his face. Like, that uh, makes I think it, it was right, the level. Okay, okay, leveler. 
Yeah, yeah. that makes it yeah. better. But like, <laughs> and any goal's a good one for him at the moment. <laughs> Let's be fair. Yeah, I like the fact that um, Sadio Mane, according to um, his manager, has had a dead leg for some days, like several <laughs> days. It's like, that's a coma. That's a leg coma. Like, what's, <laughs> what's happening? Resurrect that man's leg. He's got to have it iced all the time, apparently. So oh my God, what? You can't to... feel it? I don't, I don't Is this know. Is some sort of hilarious prank? Is this Mo Salah <laughs> going a bit rogue with his, yeah, maybe. With his Twitch activity? Yeah. Very, well, back very in the day, you would have said it was Craig Bellamy in a golf club, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> <So>. exactly. <laughs> I'm scared of Craig Bellamy, so let's not talk about things like that. You're scared of Craig Bellamy? It's scary. <laughs> He's quite, he's quite scary and un- unpredictable. Isn't I'd scary? Say, yeah, I'd say he's scary. Yeah. He's scary for John Carver. <laughs> yes. And you've yeah. parked in his parking space. <laughs> uh, James Milner called this one an old-fashioned English game post-match. Um, I mean, it was raining and the pitch was quite Wet cloggy. Wet and lacking in quality. And there yes. wasn't a lot of it's quality. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Milner. <laughs> Stick to your fake Twitter account. What are you on about? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, also, we should celebrate Adrian's clean sheet. Yes, but they're not going to hang the clean sheet too high, said Klopp, because there were some opportunities for the other side to get back into the game. And it's like, hang the clean sheet. Do you actually have a sheet, Klopp? I want to know if he's actually got a sheet. That's quite. That's actually quite a lovely image. What, um, Klopp? Raising um, the clean raising... Although that might be confused for a sort of uh, flag of surrender, might it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. It's not what you want to see from your manager, I suppose. Yeah. So you just hang it out of the window rather than put it on a flagpole? <laughs> yeah. Just to eliminate all doubt? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. There was a guy when I was at university. This is a horrible story. I shouldn't tell this. Okay, cool. <laughs> Don't. Cool. Oh, no. What happens now? Um. All right. Uh, <laughs> someone I was at university with, uh, people, he lost his virginity in second year, which is, you know, right, okay. that's nice, isn't it? Um, and Depends on how good he was. Two of, they I, were. I mean, I have no idea. But two of the guys celebrated this by hoisting a flag Oh. A sheet with the not that sounds gross, mm. but with the <laughs> congratulations, Ben, whatever yeah. his name was. Congratulations, you've just had the worst sex of your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to start at some point, isn't yeah, it? Um, but so. yeah, so I'm not or sure not. it'll be exactly the same as that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't like me Jürgen Klopp has probably had sex before. <laughs> Jürgen Klopp, yes. Have you seen him yes. with the image, by the way? Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. I've no. seen a few little clips. Are you a BritBox subscriber? No, but there oh. is a um, there is a little like clip of it on YouTube. Oh, That's okay, how right. I saw it. He nice. gets a brick thrown at him, and he's like, "Oh, this is such a nice gift from the Everton fans." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. I mean, it's exactly as you would imagine you would be. Spitting image has has been away for so long. It's kind of catching up, isn't it? Because they've had a similar thing in France for. Like, well, years and years now, mm. called uh, Le Guignol. And what they do is they have a news program, like four nights a week, a 20-minute spoof news program, which is done by the puppets. Right. So you've had Sarkozy. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is one of the most memorable puppets on, <laughs> on that. On that. He's oh, does he have a little moustache? Does he have one of his little kind of like pencil moustache? Oh, yeah, he's he proper yeah. Ming the Merciless business. Did, did he? Uh, yeah. did, wasn't there a, oh, I want to say ESPN, or maybe Satanta had a Jose Mourinho one. Yes, they did. They did. They had a a special one TV. Yes, that's right, yeah. I don't know about this. Oh, it's fun. How has this passed me by? They managed to find the one man who couldn't do a Jose Mourinho impression. (laughs) Hello, I am Jose Mourinho. (laughs) 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 Oh, bless him. So so where where do we find this? Is this a YouTube? Yeah, I think so. It was was a while ago now. A while ago now, yeah. All right, I feel like this is something I would want to dig into. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, okay. So we didn't think, we, it sounds from the summary I'm getting here, we didn't think it was that much of an exciting game. Um, but it's a big, in a sense, it's a big win for Liverpool because it's so kind of crummy and um, I th- I held the, together. I think the focus being on Fabinho is obviously that they have defensive issues. They do have um, injuries uh, mounting uh, mounting up as uh, as do Manchester City but as do a lot of Premier League teams at the moment and yeah and if they don't they've lost people to Covid haven't they so <laughs> well yeah like, exactly, like exactly yeah. But, yeah. yeah so so you're in a situation where um, that, that's going to be the, 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 that's going to draw headlines isn't it because the, the, his contribution to uh, that, that the back um, the back line of uh, Liverpool was, was so important and it's got such a good time for Klopp so yeah long may that continue I mean isn't it kind of symbolic a bit with Van Dijk because everyone feels that Van Dijk's signing was Liverpool's turning, turning points, points. Mm. Yeah. exactly. But so and Allison, I guess, and so they're without both of them. Yeah, mm. uh, absolutely. But I think with with Van Dijk, I mean, obviously it's a blow to them. But I do feel that the panic about it is far more outside the club than it is inside the club. Mm. I, I, I do feel that you know, if, if you look at the way the game went at Everton, for example, all we've really talked about in relation to the Everton Liverpool game of the weekend was. The challenge by Pickford and the loss of Van Dijk. Mm. And that's all we've talked about. If you take the game in its entirety, take the decisions out of it, Liverpool were really good and mm. they deserved to win against a team mm. who had a 100% record in the in the Premier League and had their tails up and wanted to have a go at their local rivals. So I think if you're dispassionate, which is very, very difficult to be, A, after what's happened and B, in a derby situation anyway, if you're dispassionate about that, you just look at that and you think, it's actually a good performance to get over what happened at, at Villa. Mm. And as you say, to, to grind one out in the Champions League after this against a team who I would expect Liverpool and Atalanta to finish top two in that group. But, you know, Ajax can be dangerous. There's no doubt about it. So to get that game in Amsterdam out of the way, yeah. not concede, job's good. Yeah. I, I, I think there is no real reason to panic for Liverpool. Yeah. And Klopp afterwards, he was obviously, he, he would... You could. It seemed from his post-match as though he would have preferred a better performance. I mean, who wouldn't? But yeah, he has something to be to be pleased with. And in terms yeah. of the social media thing, I know it's an obvious point, but like many of the people, almost all, I would wager, of the people responding to that, to the Pickford thing and mm. the Virgil van Dijk injury mm. and the collective of two on social media have not actually watched the fucking game. And they may have watched, mm. you know, some highlights that would only ever take in the incidents, but I'd be very, yeah. so you, this is the, this is the big thing about football really, isn't it? And where it goes from here is the fact that most people getting involved with talking about football and, mm. and, and creating and, and situations. And popular subject as well. Vars not, yeah, yeah. So. But the point is, Pete, you can just like chomp in with whatever your bullshit take is. You don't actually have to have seen what's going on. Right, you just re- always <laughs> me listen to the me on the ramble. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm talking yeah. about. You, you, you know, people just want to say explosive things and, and, and get likes and, and mm. they don't necessarily know what happened in the game and they don't need to. Yeah. And they don't care. True. That is true. But we care. That's why we're bringing you such rigorous analysis <laughs> of such things. Oh, I tell you what, one last thing as well. Wasn't it sweet um, seeing Reese Williams come on at 90, 92 minutes for his Champions League debut and then afterwards, so he's obviously only on for like two minutes, he gave Jürgen Klopp this like massive joyful hug. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look what I've done. Well, you Lovely. might as well lean into it because yes, if, if you think you're in, right. you're in a hug situation with Jürgen Klopp, oh. Like, like, what are you going to do? You're not going to get out of it, are you? <laughs> he was loving it. I would yeah. say he was playing non. He was on loan playing at Kidderminster. Uh, yeah, mm. this time last year. Lucky him, as we've discussed before. Kidderminster's match day food, top of the line. 
top notch. Maybe, maybe that something that you're not enjoying as a player, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to. You should be eating any of that. Yeah, because I don't think you get to corporates before you go out and play. Well, do you remember that time Eden Hazard was playing for Belgium against Turkey? He was quite young at the time. I think he was 18, 19. Okay. And he got subbed after about 65 minutes. And um, he just went off, like got into his tracksuit. And um, his dad said, uh, do you want to go outside, get a burger? <laughs> and <laughs> a burger. and he, got, he got snapped outside by a, a Belgian tabloid, <laughs> him and his dad, at a burger van, while the match was still going on. And obviously oh, he was still in his kit. That. I've got a lot of time for that. It, it, it was the cause of some polemic at the time. Yeah. Oh, bless him. I really, really like that, though. That's, yeah. that's lovely. Um, yeah. yeah, let the big booty daddy have his burger. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. The big booty daddy. Mm. That's what he's not called. Is he Pete? No, only by me. Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, and all, talking of subs as well, uh, managed to get the front three off uh, with plenty of time remaining. So I guess, I guess, resting them before Sheffield United. Although it would have been pretty <laughs> awkward if Ajax had come back and, you know, one three one or whatever. Uh, yeah, so what that means is, I know, and also I'm Group D... Talking about tables is obviously absurd after one game, but never mind. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, here you go. I shall tell you. Second from top, that means Liverpool are after Atalanta beat Midtjylland 4-0. Yeah, them, said Gary Lineker and didn't uh, pronounce their name at all um, in the BT. Did he not? Well, he he sort of came back to it. Matthew Benham's not going to be happy with that. Which I thought was a little bit, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not into that. But anyway, he did pronounce them later. And we've obviously had a lot of contributions telling us how to pronounce Michelin. So, Michelin. Michelin. Oh, my God. <laughs> not that many contributions. <laughs> now, now I'm second guessing myself. That is, that's, that's a worry. Uh, yeah. And as mentioned, you can hear all about all of the other exciting games in the Champions League from last night on On the Continent later this afternoon. With... Spoiler. Real Madrid didn't win. What? Mm. Listen to find out more. (laughs) (laughs) But I understand Bayern Munich did. So, you know, at least some things are well with the world. At least hold some of it back. (laughs) (laughs) It went a lot more convincingly than anyone else this this round, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all right. Sorry. Spoiler alert, OTC fans. Right, we're back after this. Hi, I'm Frank Elbeuf. You're listening to the Football Ramble. <laughs> the beef. I love it. Lovely. <laughs> These are great, Pete. Thank I, you for contributing. I, my, that was my, all of my impressions. I was trying yeah. to get a job on Spitting Image. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, any of these, the actual footballers, they're all Pete. <laughs> That's actually quite a good angle. I can see you t- pulling that off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hi, read man. I'm Joe Ellington. <laughs> Welcome to the football ramble. <laughs> That's yeah. how Sorensen talks. Have you had, have you had uh, Newcastle uh, player Sorensen? Uh, I think I think he's gone on loan to a Swiss side, I think. But he, I think he's only been in Newcastle for about like four years, five years maybe. And he, Elias Sorensen, has this Beautiful Geordie Does teenager he? accent. It's oh. it's well worth a listen. Is it, it's is it proper Baker Grove? It's a proper like, and he's also got the hair of like a a young um, like working class kid. He's got a proper flat kind of greasy uh, fringe. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. He's been transformed. You have to love the Scandinavian ability to absorb oh, so accents. It's incredible. Don't you? Yeah. Incredible. 
Wonderful. We is call, that, we call the, it the, the last Sivertson. <laughs> is that connected to the, the fact that there's so many of them so good at languages generally? Maybe it's just the, mm, like, the ear that they have for picking you see, up. The thing, the thing is, I, I think if, going back to what you were saying about Joey Barton earlier, <laughs> Joey Barton and Steve McLaren, all they've done, they're, they're, they're talked about as if they're simpletons. They've actually exposed themselves as nice blokes. Yes. Because they're just... the best, yeah. Exactly. They're just mm. trying to show empathy. Mm. With oh, their oh, captors. Oh, and also... <laughs> captors. <laughs> Is that Stockholm Syndrome we're describing? Yeah, that's exactly what we're yeah. describing. Oh, maybe that's why it's called yeah. that. That's not why it's called that. <laughs> <laughs> that is not why it's called that. Yes, you are listening to the Football Ramble and you've been emailing us. So let's hear what you've had to say. Just actually been in the studio with you since that jingle has been released, mm. Pete. It was a very loose performance from me. I'd like to apologise to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, actually didn't. meant to apologise to you because I did tiny bit slag off the, the, the performance in, well, in no. earlier. You know, yeah. the, you know the problem with it is at the end, and I love it, I love it. Mm. Oh, you're but, such the, a little but, brown but, 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 but the critics <laughs> the problem, Spin magazine. The problem at the end is the first couple of times I hear it, you know everyone's got their favourite misheard lyrics. Mm. At the end of it, where you say, Marcus, it sounds like, my kids! Yeah, a lot of people have said that. And really? also some people have mentioned that I don't mention your name, and I, I clearly do. Yeah, I do. had to go back and listen to it, because <laughs> If anyone's going to mess up admin, it's going to be me. <laughs> That's all. So all the American listeners of Football Ramble have been writing in to say this. Right. Okay. That they think it says my kids. Mm. I can't. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't can't know. mark us as my child. My child. Yeah. So mm. I don't know about all that. Um, but anyway, well, you know, it's good to put yourself out there. It is. Is it? Musically. Uh, hoist the flag. I've done another hit. <laughs> yeah, we're proud of you. Okay. Dubstep uh, remix next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Email show at footballramble.com or tweet at footballramble to get in touch. Aaron has done just that. Hey, folks, he says, I think these billionaires are going about it all wrong with regards to the European Premier League or Super League, I imagine it would be called, wouldn't it? Uh, if I had that kind of money, I'd be buying a smaller European nation's entire league. Being from Ireland, I'd pick the Irish League. Others may pick a nice hot country like Greece, for example. You could invest in new grounds, upgrading training facilities, investing in grassroots. Then hoover the youth up from around the world, give them all a stupid budget every year to bring in overpriced wandering semi-stars and the odd superstar to start with. It may take a decade to catch up, but people would start watching when Neymar is running out for Shamrock Rovers on a sunny afternoon in Dublin. Key for me for this new league would be giving the Women's League equal airtime and funding. Ah, man after my own heart it's a massive market waiting to explode with few teams or leagues standing out that'll be a great addition whatever happens this decade is going to have some of the best football we've ever seen and we'll hate everything about it by 2030 (laughs) cheers thanks for emailing in Aaron I mean bits of this seem very logical to me it also kind of reminds me a tiny bit of what they're trying to do in the Qatar Stars League so right some some I, I guess you could argue this already does happen to a certain extent, couldn't you? If if you look of. at look at clubs in like you know Norway or Greece, where they win 
the league again and again and again and just trouser loads of Champions League money and then become absolutely impossible to knock off the <laughs> the, the, the top of the domestic league. They're, they're, both of them have, have, have changed from that in the, in, in the last couple of years because mm. they find it quite hard to get to the Champions League with the way the, the qualifiers are, are redone. But Aaron's a man after my own heart. I have tended to think in the in, in the past if if I had money to buy a football club well A I wouldn't buy a football club <laughs> but if I did I would buy the artists formerly known as Stade Bucharest or FCSB as they are now and then with a little bit of money you get to get them to win the league every year you get to get them in the Champions League every year also I get to boot out dreadful homophobe Gigi Bacali right. and make them the world's premier anti-racist LGBTQ friendly mm. football club which would absolutely mug him off yes <laughs> He'd be, but the problem with Bacali is he'd always come back it's just always there's something about that man's staying power that upsets me he'd be waiting for you to you know drop the ball on a transfer or something and, and the, the crowds to turn on you and the the the, the anti brassel out brigade <laughs> will be out in force with their bedsheets, and and he'll be straight back in. I just, I just yeah, I, I I think he'd just be back. He'll be back. I'm disappointed by your lack of faith, Pete. <laughs> I like how you've turned a lovely thing of wanting to counteract homophobia, for example, into a slightly vindictive thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Another man>. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's quality. Um, the other thing, I mean, in terms of like City, they have their football foundation, and they have franchise teams all around the world. So mm. I guess that's that on a small smaller scale isn't I guess it? I guess can you buy the whole as long as you buy the whole league but you can't buy two or three clubs in the same league as long as you buy the whole league you're fine yeah <laughs> is that fair I don't know well <laughs> I mean that's a big question isn't yeah. it Pete mm. is it fair is it fair <sighs> is anything fair <laughs> <laughs> do we think it's fair no. Um, <laughs> should I go on the next email? Yeah. Uh, Theo <laughs> says, Dear Ramblers, uh, long-time listener, first-time sender of an email. Uh, I, I feel this idea is uh, is worthy of such a reputable and dignified forum. I thank you for your time in advance. Very polite, Theo. Thank you. Uh, on the discussion of punny name combinations, it reminds me of a joke going around the northeast playgrounds in the early 2000s. Perhaps Pete might be familiar with it, but why he was in the vicinity of playgrounds is a thread I dare not pull on. I, I mean, I would have been over 18 at that point, so I wouldn't have been near any uh, playgrounds. Uh, However, the joke went as follows. Did you hear the news? Six Newcastle players are to, to appear in court this weekend on drugs charges. Shearer caught Dyer given Bellamy speed. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. Very, very creative from the Northeast school children. Very, very lovely stuff. Uh, don't, no disrespect for Peter. Uh, you are a welcome, honest and disgruntled Jordy of Vox Populi. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take it. Is that something you'd come across? Uh, no, I hadn't. No, no, I hadn't come across that particular schoolyard chant. I don't know if you'd be. I can't work out how old you'd be. That's that's probably it's eighteen. Quite... I'd be eighteen. So you would have been telling the jokes. You'd have been making the jokes up yourself. I would at university. Well, oh, bed sheet. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm right. Opt I'm opting out of all sexual congress. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I've written on my flag. Not my decision. <laughs> I love the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my promise ring. <laughs> uh, what else have you opted out of? Send us an email and mm. tell us. Show at footballramble.com. Another lovely rendition of that. 
Thanks, thanks, Pete. Pete was actually doing it live in the mm. in the studio That's just now. now, which is lovely to have. It's almost as good as yeah. It's good having the real thing alongside <laughs> you. You know what? I never used to work on top of the pops where they'd have the backing track and live vocals. Yeah. Oh, that's well, so never going to work, is much it? As much as you're trying to create a side business and sorting out P- PAs <laughs> all over the place, like, I can see you doing doing that in a series of provincial nightclubs. Oh, I do a Kurt, Kurt Cobain version on Top of It's beautiful. Mm. Live fast, die young. That's Donaldson. Someone else who's looks as though he's sort of dying on his feet out there. In- <laughs> <laughs> it's Mesut Ozil, friends. Wow. Well, that's, yep, that's the segue. Yep. I'm sticking with it. He has been left out of Arsenal's 25-man Premier League squad. Uh, yeah, so you have to basically submit your 25 people that you're going to feature uh, in the in the season. It can change in the Jan- January transfer window, but not until then. So all mm. the Premier League clubs have done that. Uh, Mesut Ozil doesn't feature in Arsenal's one. Um, Mikel Arteta said... Yeah, but he, it's a f- quote-unquote quote footballing reasons. He he's, feels bad that he hasn't been able to make Ozil play as he can. Uh, Ozil, for his part, came out pretty much straight away. Um, yeah, I was on shift at Sky Sports News and I've read this <laughs> Instagram statement about 200 times. So here it is again. Loyalty is hard to come by nowadays. I'm really deeply disappointed by the fact that I've not been registered for the Premier League season for the time being. And he went on to say he's going to stay and fight for his place, which is basically what he's been saying this entire time. It's a really sad situation, I think. Yeah. And... Um... You know, see a, see a player of this much talent just just doing nothing. It's something that Jonathan New wrote about in the Guardian, wasn't it? And um, clearly, this is this is something that people find really difficult to have reason debate about because Özil is someone who projects and has always projected a certain image as a as a footballer, um, and obviously Arsenal fans. I think you could say like 90% of them, their bottom line is this guy's taking a load of money off us. I don't really care about the details, which is the problem really, isn't it? I I think, um, I I mean, Jim is really kind of forthright on, I think it's a disgrace that he should, he should move on. He should, uh, you know, relieve Arsenal of the, uh, of the, of the wage uh, bill that that he's obviously contributing to in a fairly um, hefty way. But I I got, look, you give a guy a contract. If you're not willing to play him, he's, he's not more the than business, willing, he's more he? than willing to uh, he'd be more than willing to, to take that money. It's not like he's a consultant who they've agreed to pay like two thousand pound a game mm. and has then sent them a bill for like yeah. seven hundred times the price. And I'm sure a lot of the a, a, a fair whack of his actual income comes from appearances and and, and form based uh, or certainly results based uh, a match uh, situation. So he presumably will be missing out a certain percentage of, of his uh, income surely the, the, the thing is because he's he played all the games for Arteta up until the hiatus mm. it's really hard to believe that there's nothing else there well, I mean, obviously yeah. the club of and, and sources around the club have, have briefed well you know he, he felt he wasn't quite on it when he'd, he'd come back he'd just become a father well you think that'd be more of a reason maybe to mm. give him a pass and he just he just didn't feel he was into it so he hasn't had him anywhere near the team since 
Well, that, that I, I don't know. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't seem that 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 clear to me. Well, but Pete, uh, not Pete. That's me. Hello, uh, <laughs> from uh, Sahaj. I think he might be in India. He says, uh, "Do you guys reckon that if, if Erzul uh, didn't he pub- didn't publicly condemn China's treatment of the Uyghur Muslims, uh, he would still be in Arsenal's uh, Premier League squad?" Um, I would say it's a contributing factor, not for. The, the club not playing him, but I would sort of argue it's probably given Ozil a bit of pause for thought uh, to see, you know, what club he's playing, what kind of club he's playing for yeah. and how, you know, it, it, I think I said that at the time when it, when it, when um, he was roundly just kind of like left, hung out to dry by, by his club, um, by washing their hands of that situation and going, hey, nothing to do with us. That is a political stance, however you look at it. Yeah. You think if Ozil, as a World Cup winner, doesn't have a brand that he needs to protect in China, he's, he's on a lot of money. The only, the only the only one of the few places he'll get that money is in Turkey or in China. So he's mugging off. He's, he won't play in China. He won't make that level of uh, money again. So uh, you can you can criticise Ozil's relationship with despots. You know, obviously Erdogan in Turkey, he, 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 he didn't speak up about the Kurds, for example, uh, Erzl uh, in particular. He was um, his best man, I just read. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. And, and you know, they, they've got the world record for imprisoned journalists. So it, it's it, it's not a great kind of, it's a very un, deeply uncomfortable and unhelpful in this situation uh, relationship. But you, I can applaud him sticking his neck out on that matter in that Arsenal have a history of uh, having a lot of Muslim players in, in their side from Anelka backwards to you know probably, I think they've got two or three uh, currently playing now um, I don't remember Arsenal coming out and, and disassociating themselves uh, from uh, Hector Bellerin when he said the fuck Boris uh, hashtag there's no comment there it just seems to me that that was a business decision made uh, quickly and stupidly in my opinion and Ozil, it's given pause, pause for Ozil to sort of think, I don't want to be at this club. I don't want to play football. And he's had his, his, his trouble at international level as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I'm, been... I'm, I'm German when I win and I'm immigrant when I'm... Yeah, when I'm, he's, he's, been when really, he's been really mistreated. And I think what must have particularly hurt him is the fact that a lot of big German players who he'd shared some huge moments with, including mm. the World Cup, didn't stand up for him. Yeah. You know, the likes of Thomas Müller and... Uh, Manuel Neuer didn't stand up for him. Uh, Jerome Boateng and a, a couple of others did, but I, I, I can't imagine how hurtful that is, actually. Mm. But when it, when it comes back to the Arsenal situation, yeah, I'm sure the Uyghur Muslims thing must have been a contributory factor, but I think surely the major one has to be the fact that um, he wouldn't take the wage cut. That, that, mm. that to me, and that it was leaked that he was the one who didn't take the wage cut when he's not the only one yeah. who didn't take the wage cut. And also, and I think, lot, sorry, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, Kate, as well, um, you know, people have said, well, you know, it's, it's different because Arteta's just concerned with the team. So it must be on a playing level. I don't buy that because, of course, the fact that Ozil doesn't go directly affects his transfer window. If Ozil goes, they've they've got Usain Alwar now, mm. or, or very possibly at least. Which would be great for uh, them. And yeah. also, you've got to bear in mind the fact that you know Arteta's level of responsibility has been increased. So having like set the ground for moving away from Wenger for quite a long time to move away from this you know Uber manager who covers everything model, they've now kind of scaled back post Gazidis and and done a complete trim down, which obviously was part of the redundancies that they made um, post-pandemic. And now Arteta is the manager. He's not just the the head coach. So there's a lot more responsibility and there's a lot more big picture thinking from his perspective, you would think. Mm. 
Yeah, well, the only thing I was going to add was just that the, this point about not taking the wage cut from Ozil's perspective, and, and it happened at a lot of clubs, not just at Arsenal, is that it suggests a lack of um, trust in that direction as well, as in mm. from Ozil to the club, because this idea of like, okay, you cut my wages, but what is, what is the money then being used for? And can we have a say in this? That was that was the whole conversation at the time. And that has been that has been footballers post pandemic, and and they're quite right to ask that. They're quite right to ask yeah. that. I, I, I think it's, it's it's kind of I think that you look at the, how politically um, active NFL players are, for example, compared to, mm. to and and why we found players like I think the, the email actually brings in Rashford how refreshing it is, how how footballs can be uh, affect positive change and stuff, but like. He's refreshing because there are very few actually important figures in football. And Ozil, again, it's that fucking relationship with the, with the Turkish Premier. But but you just don't think, all right, he's a footballer who's sticking his neck neck on the line there, and he's and he's doing and he's speaking out, not even against the club, not even against football, against Arab nations, Muslim nations that have stayed quiet because they're they're in the pockets of uh, of Chinese businesses. It's a lot of football fans, in particular, when people like Marcus Rashford. Um, Stuck their stuck their head neck on the line and sort of said, "Look, let, let's do stuff for school meals and stuff." Um, Richard Jones from the NFL called it like a plantation mentality: just show up and play your game, and we'll deal with the politics. And in the NFL, that is basically just republicanism. That, that that's that's what that 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 stands for. So I, I can understand why Özil feels isolated and alone and not really fucking feeling the Arsenal way right now. Um, and, and, and that's only going to affect performances, surely. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's interesting what you say, actually, Pete, because English football and English footballers and English-based footballers, I suppose, have traditionally like steered away, not just from politics, but anything that could be loosely construed as, as, a, as a political stance. <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. Well, this idea about being a team player and just, you know, let your football when, do the talking. And, and it's is, it's kind is, of bullshit. But, but it always is, has been, but it particularly is now. Exactly, Kate. And that can't endure simply because there's such cross-pollination now. The, the, the Premier League is so international. You can't shield yourself from that mm. forever. And, yeah. you know, maybe that's part of the reason. And I think social media is part of the reason. I think Raheem Sterling being such... Mm. Um, a positive leader is is part of the reason that now you have footballers, and obviously Ozil's not part of this, but footballers under 25, like, actually, I'm going to speak up for what I say is right. I think uh, as well, part of that is is the fact that, as, as you say, Pete, I think American sport is part of that. I think they, they look at... Um, NBA players yeah. who are very socially active yeah. and particularly in the last couple of years even more so and look at Megan Rapino taking the knee in the women's game mm, and exactly. we're not going to the fucking White House I'm not saying that was her political stance you know like here I am with my political stance which is what she is like but it was you know it's just a the same off the cup I've got upset with everyone's and... everyone's uh, cup of tea uh, drinking, tea drinking <laughs> celebration yeah. the same people who get upset about that are the same people who go, get in Rashford's uh, replies go just concentrate on the football mate yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, the I've same got a sort few of like... spare hours actually I mean you know even when you were at school you were given a few spare hours for community action maybe that's where he's putting them in yeah mm. and I guess on a very basic level um you know, people who followed Ozil and enjoyed his the the kind of magic that he can bring uh, to a game in that playmaker role will miss the fact that he's not going to be playing football mm. for the next few months at least. Uh, we're going to finish with well I mean it's a sad situation for Valencia fans I would say you know they back in August they held a vigil for the fall of their Spanish giant club you know all of their many of their great players were sold we've seen uh, one of them performing pretty brilliantly last night actually Ferran Torres of course against Porto uh, but off they go for comparatively little money they think and and 
Peter Lim, who bought the club, he's gone through seven managers since 2015. Mm. But of course, there's no fans in the ground. So how are you to protest against the running of your club when it's really <laughs> sticky in your craw, Annie Brussel? How are you to do it? Say bioterrorism. <laughs> <laughs> Alternatively, <laughs> oh, Gandhi. <laughs> Alternatively, you could hire a mariachi band to follow the directors of your club yes. around town. Excruciating, and embarrass fantastic. Them. I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, with with Valencia, there's kind of a big musical tradition. Anyway, you've got mm. the guy uh, Manolo El Bombo who bangs his drum. Uh, for Spain at various World Cups as well, <laughs> who owns a bar, or at least has owned a bar, directly opposite the Mestalla, where mm. it's, it's this sort of community hub. So I think there's some musical element to the protest does does make a, <laughs> oh, it's very a, a, lot of, a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose, like, if you're one of those directors, and they have all been, of, of course, you have um, Kim, the daughter of Peter Lim, who came out on Instagram a couple of months ago and said, Look, why don't fans just understand? It's our club, and we can do what we want with it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't, I don't, that in your pipe and smoke did, it. Did she mean to say that out loud? I don't know. One of the videos you must have seen is of her and Joey Lim sitting outside a cafe, and this mariachi band's just playing, playing away to them, and they but, try and leave. And no, no, no. But, but because they're relatively shameless in that sense, I wonder if you lean into it, like you say. I tell you what, Little girl, every, I'll bring me maracas. Every time I, I tell a joke, could you do a? <laughs> <laughs> that that would really give weight to my business dealings. Yeah, I mean, presumably you could outbid the people who've spent this money on the mariachi. This could the best be the best. This could be a bidding war for a mariachi band. I'm going to give you this amount of money. Then they're like, oh, I'm going to give you that amount. Of money. Are they going to honour the original contract? Oh, what? Say, if you stop playing, you can have this amount of money. Yeah. Or if you only play lovely, supportive <laughs> message, messages, noises when I mm. when I tell hilarious jokes. Yeah, they're they're, they're very keen on that sort of projection. Yeah. <laughs> Any mariachi bands out there who want to follow around the football ramble and um, you know celebrate our our jokes? Yeah. Email in shirtfootballramble.com. or simply go at the same time to drown out Pete saying bioterrorism. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a nice kind of like muting of the my mic. Pete said something unacceptable. <laughs> He's talking about airborne spores again. Oh. <laughs> All right, I've got a number for them already. I think let's go and get on that, shall we? Europa League tonight, Spurs against Lask, Arsenal versus Rapid Vienna. On tomorrow's show, it's me. Oh, yeah. Jim and Luke. Ooh, Luke's game. Exciting. Have you had fun today, guys? A lot of fun. Always. Lovely stuff. Bye, everybody. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.